Hey Sherlock, I've got a job for you. Are you ready to polish your analytical skills? Great. Here you go. Yeah. Once Lily, a real estate agent, was showing a luxurious apartment to a wealthy family. The family liked everything about the apartment, but for one thing, the place had huge floor-to-ceiling windows, and they were worried someone could accidentally break the glass and fall out. Lily really wanted to sell that expensive apartment. That's why she decided to prove that the glass was unbreakable. She ran up to the window and hit it at full speed. The glass indeed didn't break, but Lily fell out of the window and was rushed to a hospital. How could it happen? The glass didn't break, it simply popped out of its frame. One day, Detective Morris decided to have a walk in the park. In the middle of his stroll, he got a call from his assistant. It turned out that a huge pile of plastic on the outskirts of the city had disappeared overnight. The detective rushed there, and guess what? The information was true. But the most bizarre thing? There were no tire tracks or any other marks around the place. But then, how could the thief transport so much plastic without using a vehicle? Suddenly, Detective Morris noticed some weird footmarks. Can you help the man understand who they belong to? Those are definitely not human footprints. They might belong to an animal or some other creature. The case is getting weirder by the minute. Detective Morris was wandering around the city for hours looking for clues. Soon his assistant informed him about the disappearance of yet another pile of plastic. At the crime scene, the detective found the same footmarks. The expert he had asked to examine the photos and samples replied that the footprints didn't match any other in her extensive database. She even suggested that they could belong to an alien. But why would aliens need our plastic? Morris decided to prevent the next crime. He went to the outskirts of the city again and spotted two piles of garbage. Look at them attentively. Which one might aliens want to steal? They will definitely go for the pile on the left. There's too much stuff made of iron in the right pile, but aliens are after plastic, so pile on the left it is. Detective Morris decided to catch the aliens red-handed. In an hour or so, the man noticed a spaceship landing not far from the piles of trash. An alien climbed out of the spaceship and transported the pile that contained plastic into the ship. Detective Morris was shocked, but there was no time for panicking. A small door was open in the side of the spaceship. He sneaked inside. He only had some time to look around when a siren started blaring. Oh no, are they gonna take off? The man rushed back to the door, but it was already locked. Luckily, Morris noticed a math equation on the door. It looked as if it was made out of matchsticks. Five plus seven equals two. But the answer was wrong. By trial and error, the detective understood he could only move one matchstick to make the equation correct. How can he do it? Detective Morris moved this matchstick and got 9 minus 7 equals 2. The door opened and the man ran for his life. But the main question remained unanswered. Why did aliens need our plastic? Write your ideas in the comments below. Now look at these animals on the screen. 
a cat, a camel, a cheetah, a chicken, a crocodile, and a pig. Which animal doesn't belong here? The pig is the odd one out. It's the only animal whose name doesn't start with the letter C. Did you get it? Nice job! Look at these six glasses. The first three are filled with water, while the other three are empty. How can you arrange them so that they alternate in a full, empty, full pattern if you can only move one glass? Pick up the second glass and pour the water into the fifth one. Here you go. Now you have seven guests at your birthday party. And your task is to figure out how to divide your very round birthday cake into eight equal pieces by making only three cuts. First of all, you need to cut your cake vertically in the middle of the cake to divide it into two equal pieces. Repeat the same process, but this time, make a horizontal cut. Now you've got four slices. And the final third cut should go laterally across the cake. Voila! You've got eight equal slices. Look at these bottom lines and try to figure out which of them is the continuation of the top one. It's this line on the left, see? You've been kidnapped by an insane scientist who's going to test his new protective cream on you. After covering you with this lotion, which you absolutely don't trust, he offers you to choose one of the three containers he'll then throw you in. One of the containers is filled with radioactive waste. In the second container, there is an acid that can eat even through metal. And the third one is filled with lava from the largest volcano on Earth that erupted a year ago. Which container should you choose? Pick the container with lava. If the volcano erupted a year ago, the lava must be already solid. Look at these prisoners. Can you figure out who came from the future? It's the guy in the middle. Unlike the other two men who are dressed like people were in the past, he's wearing modern clothes and cool sneakers. A terrible virus broke free from a laboratory, and now all animals and plants on Earth are mutating at a horrifying speed. Uh oh. You've been trying to find the solution, but instead got trapped in the laboratory where it had all started. There are three doors you can escape through, but behind the first one, there is a bunch of aggressive flesh-eating cacti. The second door hides hundreds of venomous bees, and the third door prevents an attack of fire-spitting dragon-like monsters. Which door can lead you to freedom? You can get out of there alive if you choose the first door. Even though the cacti eat flesh, they're still plants and can't move. So you can easily get around them. You're trapped in a room that's steadily getting filled with water coming from a tap in the wall. There are no windows in the room and the door is blocked. You have a mop and a big bucket. What can you do to survive? Yep, you don't have any options in this riddle, so... Think of your own way to get out of this situation. 
your chances to stay alive are much higher than you might think. Just turn off the tap. Nathan came to visit his friend Zachary, who worked in a museum. Look what I've got. A priceless manuscript that was written more than a thousand years ago. Zachary looked through the manuscript and realized his friend had been fooled. Does anything in this text strike you as strange? King Alfred V ruled the country from 1290 to 1320 before Common Era. If we talk about the dates before the Common Era, they should be in reverse order. The original text would read, King Alfred V ruled the country from 1320 to 1290 before Common Era. A villain has caught you, and now he lets you choose in which cage he will keep you. You can get out of the cage only through the lid in its ceiling. But on top of the first cage, there is a nest of venomous snakes. Boiling water is on top of the second cage. And on top of the third cage, there is a hungry lion. Which cage should you pick to be able to escape when the villain falls asleep? Choose the second cage because the water will eventually evaporate and you'll get out of the cage without problems. You're locked in a small room without windows and just one door. To get out of there, you need to crack this riddle. 1, 2, 3 equals 5, 3, 2, 1 equals 9, 2, 1, 1 equals 4, 1, 1, 2 equals 3, 1, 3, 2 equals... How fast can you get out of the locked room? The answer lies in the addition of the second and third digits, and the multiplication of the sum by the first digit. Let's take the first equation. 1, 2, 3 equals 5. 2 plus 3 equals 5. 1 times 5 is 5. Let's make sure. 3, 2, 1 equals 9. 2 plus 1 equals 3. 3 times 3 is 9. Then the answer we need is again 5. 3 plus 2 equals 5. 1 times 5 is 5. Now, let's check if you can think outside the box. A few Rebus puzzles will do the job. Yeah. Try to figure out this one. Way. Progress. It means progress underway. How about this one? Noon. Good. It's good afternoon. Pay attention to the arrangement of the letters. C. L. E. A. N. Do you think you can figure it out? It means clean up. What word or phrase can you see here? Give, 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 give. It stands for forgive. Concentrate. I believe you can crack this puzzle. 1N, 3N, 5N, 7N. This rebus hides odds and ends. Try to figure out this one. Stay 4NCE. 
It's for instance. Great job! Mr. Carter, a rich man who collected antiques, asked Detective Morris to visit him. When the detective arrived, the collector said, I've just got a precious statuette, but I need to go away on business for a week, and I'm afraid someone will break into my house. Of course, the statuette is insured, but still. Detective Morris had some other urgent things to do, but he promised to come back in the evening to figure out the solution. But when he arrived several hours later, Mr. Carter was in despair. I drove my sister to the doctor and was away for an hour or so. But when I came back, the statuette was gone. Detective Morris didn't believe the collector. Why? When he left the house in the afternoon, he noticed an apple lying in front of the left part of the gate. It's still there. But for a car to drive through, both parts of the gate have to be open. This means that Mr. Carter lied about leaving his home by car. Several gold bullion bars were stolen from a bank. The police had a few suspects. But when they arrived at the main suspect's house, they realized they had forgotten to bring a warrant. The man told them he wasn't going to allow them to search his house. Come back with the warrant and we'll talk. An hour later, the police officers came back with the needed documents. They thoroughly searched the house and the garden, but didn't find the gold. Suddenly, one of the officers exclaimed, I know where he hid the gold. Have you figured it out too? The gold is in the swimming pool. When the police visited the man for the first time, the level of water in it was much lower. A very famous painting disappeared from the museum. Later the police managed to find it. But there was a problem. They found not one, uh -oh. but three paintings. Only one of them is original. The others are just copies. Can you help the police figure out which the original painting is? It's the one with the brown frame. Take a look. All frames in the museum are made in the same style. You've got accepted to the best school of witchcraft and wizardry. One of the classes you have to attend is about transforming into animals. There are three professors who teach this class. Each of them specializes in transforming into a certain animal. Look at your professors and try to figure out what kind of uh -oh. animal each of them turns into. Have you noticed that the first professor has a forked tongue? He must transform into a snake. The second professor has a lion's tail. It must be the animal she transforms into. And the third professor has bear claws. He must turn into a grizzly bear. Imagine you are being interviewed for a job opening at one of the world's largest companies. I'm talking about Google, Microsoft, or even Elon Musk's SpaceX. But to get your dream job, you have to pass a very tricky entry exam. I've gathered some of the questions that are actually used in these tests. So put on your thinking hat and don't settle for less than 100%. Good luck. We'll start out easy. The first riddle you need to solve is the two jug riddle. Here's the drill. Your mother asks you to measure four cups of orange juice using two jugs. 
The thing is, you have a 20 cup jug and a 36 cup jug. How can you do it? You need to start by pouring the orange juice into the smaller jug. Then, pour all the juice from that jug into the 36 cup jug. This way, the empty space from the big jug would give you 16 cups. After doing that, you can fill the 20 cup jug using more fresh juice and pour that liquid into the 36 cup jug. This way, you'll fill the entire 36 cup jug. And what is left in the smaller jug is the four cups of juice your mom asked for. Clever, huh? Moving on to the second round. Say your room has three switches, and one of these switches is for the fan in the room next door. You cannot see whether the fan is on or off unless you come out of your room, got that? Okay, so I need you to figure out what's the minimum amount of times you need to go inside the room next door to identify the correct switch that turns on the fan. This is a little bit tricky, but here's the solution. The minimum amount of times you can go inside the room next door and still figure out the answer is one. Imagine you turned on the first switch in your bedroom and left it on for a bit. As soon as you turn it off, you quickly turn on the second switch and run to the room next door. If the fan is rotating slowly and is about to stop, that means that the first switch is the one that controls the fan. If the fan is running, then the second switch is the correct one. And if the fan isn't moving at all, then it was the third switch all along. Did you manage to crack this one? Hey, nobody said this was going to be easy. It's a mock job interview for a top-notch company after all. The third round is even trickier than the one before. An interviewer might ask you to solve this riddle to understand your pattern-finding capabilities. Let's say you were asked to watch a six-lane car track for the day. Your job is to spot the four fastest cars out of 36. How many races would you conduct to find that out? Here's what you could do. Conduct six different car races, grouping six cars per race. After you determine the winner of each of these races, you conduct another race with the six finalists. The winner of this race will be determined as the fastest vehicle of all. Then just place the second, third, and fourth cars according to how they performed in the last race. By the end of seven races, you'll have figured out the four fastest cars out of 36. Good for you if you figured this one out. For this next riddle, you need to think logically and mathematically. A queen needs to hire a worker for seven days to do a job for her. The queen pays in gold bars, but she must pay the worker every day at the end of his shift. If the queen is only able to make a maximum of two cuts in the gold bar, how can she pay the worker the correct amount of one-seventh of the gold bar at the end of each shift? Uh, let's see how this can work out. The queen makes two cuts in the bar, dividing it into three pieces. The first piece is one-seventh of the bar. The second piece is two-seventh of the bar. And the third one is four-seventh of the bar. After the first day of work, the queen gives the worker one-seventh of the bar as payment. On the next day, she gives him two-seventh of the bar and asks for the one-seventh piece in return. At the end of the third day, she gives the worker the smallest piece again. This way, he has a total of three-sevenths of the gold bar on his hands. Then, after the fourth day, 
The queen takes away the first two pieces and gives the man four-seventh of the bar. At the end of day five, she gives the worker one-seventh of the bar again. And at the end of day six, she gives the worker two-seventh of the bar and gets the one-seventh piece back. On day seven, she pays him with the final one-seventh piece, and the deal is completed. Ready for the last round of the first level? If you've answered everything correctly so far, I dare to say you are a part of a very special group of people. Good luck with this next one. It will determine whether you'll move on to the second level. Two buses are driving toward each other at a speed of 40 miles per hour. They're separated by a distance of 40 miles. A bird is flying to and fro, landing on bus one and then on bus two at a speed of 50 miles per hour. By the time the buses come across each other, how many miles will the little bird have flown? Math lovers, this one's for you. The first thing we need to find out is the time it would take for the buses to meet. To find that out, we should divide the distance between the buses by the combined speed of both vehicles. If they're both driving at 40 miles per hour, then their combined speed is 80 miles per hour. Since the distance between them is 40 miles, we divide 40 by 80. This will give us 0.5 hours or 30 minutes. To figure out the total distance traveled by the bird, we multiply the speed of the bird by the time it will take the buses to meet. And this would give us 50 times 0.5. So the correct answer is 25 miles. Phew, I'm tired just thinking of that little bird flying all those miles. Hey, if you've aced this test so far, congratulations. You've just unlocked level two. The riddles will get more and more difficult, so keep your mind sharp. A tortoise is currently at the bottom of a 210 feet hill and is trying to reach the top. Every hour, the tortoise climbs 15 feet and slips down one foot. How long will it take the tortoise to reach the top of the hill? Here's the thinking behind this riddle. Every hour, our tortoise buddy climbs a total of 14 feet, right? Since it climbs 15 and slides down one foot. According to this, it will take the tortoise 15 hours to get to the top of that cliff, since 15 multiplied by 14 equals 210. This wasn't too bad, huh? Questions such as these ones allow interviewers to test your problem-solving abilities regarding numbers. You know, if you want to work at a space company, you should probably be very, and I mean very, good with numbers. This next riddle is one of Elon Musk's personal favorites. It's short, yet complicated. If anyone here dreams of becoming an employee at SpaceX, you better get this one right. Imagine you're standing on the surface of Earth. You walk one mile south, one mile west, and one mile north. You end up exactly where you started. Where are you? If you answered the North Pole, then you got it right. But the riddle doesn't stop here. If you weren't at the North Pole, where else could you be given the exact same instructions? Yup, the South Pole. Here's how this works. This riddle presumes that the world is a perfect sphere. And if that were the case, the only place where you could walk one mile south, west, and north, and end up in the same place is at one of the poles. Got it? To get to level three, you have to answer this riddle correctly. There are two strings in a room. 
All you know is that each string takes exactly one hour to burn. Your task is to time exactly 45 minutes, using the strings as your only source to find out the time. How can you do it? Here's how it goes. You should light both ends of the first string and one end of the second string. In 30 minutes, the first string would have burnt completely because it's burning twice as fast with both ends on fire. Then, you should light the second end of the second string. The second string would still have 30 minutes left to burn, but by lighting its other end, the rope will burn twice as fast, aka in 15 minutes. Voila! You've timed 45 minutes without the help of any clock whatsoever. Hey, smarty pants, you've just made it to level three. If I were the interviewer, I would probably give you the job already. But just for the sake of it, be sure to answer everything correctly, okay? These final questions are way more job specific. As all questions in this video, they were used in real job interviews. So we're basically training you to ace your interviews. For example, if you were applying for a position at JP Morgan, this is the type of question you would have to answer. How many streetlights are there in New York City? Can you figure out the number before the time runs out? As impossible as this might sound to guess the answer without a Google search, what JP Morgan wants to test is your estimating abilities. Here's the logic. New York City boroughs have an ordered urban grid, so your first task would be to estimate the number of horizontal and vertical blocks in each borough. Then, estimate the number of streetlights each block may have. Multiply that number by five since New York City is made out of five boroughs. And then you'll have your number. If it's somewhere close to 300,000, then you got it right. If you were applying for a position at a healthcare company, you'd be faced with this fruity riddle. An apple costs 40 cents, a banana costs 60 cents, and a grapefruit costs 80 cents. How much does a pair cost? Yikes. I had to read it a few times before getting any idea of what to do with it. The key to answering this riddle is to focus on the vowels. If you charge 20 cents per vowel, the two-vowel word apple will cost 40 cents. By the same logic, the three-vowel banana will cost 60 cents, and the four-vowel grapefruit will be 80 cents. In this scenario, a pair will cost 40 cents, and that's your answer. You've made it to the end of this test. Check your armpits. If you're sweating, that probably means you've done a very good job. To finish off, here's an interesting question a tech company asks their interviewees. How would you describe the internet to someone who has just woken up from a 30-year coma? Different from all the other questions, this one has no right or wrong answer. You might try to compare it with something that existed 30 years ago, for example. Or you might just go into Spielberg mode and describe this near sci-fi world we are living in nowadays. Either way, I hope you've got the job.